Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we are going through week 11, everybody. And by week 11, I mean kind of. I got 10 questions on the docket that will relate to storylines in week 11, but also sometimes good to take a step back and approach the league as a whole, look at some more things long-term. So I have a very special guest to accomplish this task with me, managing editor at the Raiders Wire, host of Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty, writer at bookies.com and Sportsbook Wire, Marcus Moser, you can find him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Moser. Marcus, thank you for the time, man. How's it going? It's going well, Ian. I'm excited for this little home and home. You came on my show uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm excited to return the favor. That's right, man. We were talking some uh, good old rookie running backs, what they might have moving forward in Dynasty. I think we might have a question or two that's similar today. So without further ado, man, let's get to it. Question number one. So I want to talk about Kyler Murray because right now mm. he is currently averaging the most fantasy points per game in 2020 that any QB in NFL history has managed in a single season. 2019, Lamar Jackson spoiled us. 2020, Kyler Murray somehow has been even better. So in Dynasty land, how many, if any, quarterbacks would you want ahead of Murray for the next decade? Yeah. So Kyler is so fascinating because it's not necessarily like a Lamar Jackson thing because uh, I think we're seeing him win every single week with his arm and be pretty consistent that way. Uh, But the rushing totals are just fantastic every week. There's, there's always a chance for a hundred yards. You think you're going to get a touchdown every single week. Um, When it comes to actually ranking him, man, there's really not that many guys you would take over him, right? I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes because of the ceiling. And then, Ian, I think we can have a conversation about everybody else, right? (laughs) Like if you want to go Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson, okay, we can do that. I kind of like, I like Kyler's uh, age better. I like the the athleticism and the rushing upside. Uh, We could talk about Dak Prescott, who, you know, was playing really well early on in the season. Now he's fighting an injury. He's a little older, doesn't rush as much. I'm taking Kyler, Deshaun Watson. You just, you don't trust any of anything around him, right? I mean, yeah. nothing. Uh, I mean, and then Lamar Jackson, who has really struggled this year. So I think right now, as of, you know, going into week 11, Kyler Murray is the clear cut quarterback two in dynasty. And that's crazy that we got <laughs> here in just a year and a half. It is, man. I think we all knew like some sort of year two. You know, it's not like people didn't expect Kyler to take a nice little jump forward in year two, but this has been wild, man, because to your point, the rushing production on top of what he's been able to do as a passer, just absolutely wild. And I mean, I saw DeAndre Hopkins tweet about, you know, one one of those tweets that said the Cardinals have number one offense because of total yards, which we can bark about that being an issue another day. But Hopkins was saying we haven't haven't even reached our peak yet. We're a number one offense. That's kind of what it feels like, man, because we see Kyler, the rushing has been insane, you know, had the incredible Hail Mary. We know he's got the arm talent, but, you know, Cowboys game, I think he went like nine for 25 or something like that. Like, we haven't quite seen the passing game click consistently, consistently, even though we've seen kind of the high-end talent there. So, we know we got Kyler and Hopkins. Christian Kirk is someone with the Cardinals that I just haven't quite come around on maybe the manner I should because he's been playing some great ball this year. Is he someone that you think has a long-term spot in this Cardinals offense, or is he kind of just more of a guy right now, uh, you know, kind of getting just the production off of Kyler Murray, not someone that's going to continue to be a main guy in this offense moving forward? Yeah, Kirk is interesting because, you know, he only has four games a season over 50 yards. Uh, I think he's going to be such a week-to-week play. Like we saw against Miami – 120 yards and a touchdown. And then against Buffalo last week, only four catches for 27 yards. I've got a feeling that long-term, the Cardinals are just going to streamline those other positions, right? Other than DeAndre Hopkins, who they'll keep and they'll pay. 
they're just going to draft and replace receivers over and over again. So yeah. uh, Kirk is on the third year of his rookie deal. I, I mean, I, he's nice as a wide receiver three flex play some weeks, but I don't think he holds any long-term dynasty value just because I, I, I just don't believe that they're going to continue to pay those type of players. No, I, I think that's a very fair ranking, and I am in agreement with you there. All right, man, next question. So Big Ben has been throwing the ball all over the place in recent weeks. After looking more like a game manager during the first two months of the season, I mean, any James Conner fantasy managers out there just must be tilting their face off uh, with these kind of last two duds and you know, seemingly just absolute smash spots. So we've seen each of Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster put together some solid performances in recent weeks. Certainly all three can maintain some level of fantasy goodness in 2020, but how would you rank these Pittsburgh Steelers? wide receivers as dynasty options moving forward because as we've seen at different points i mean they can all ball it's just a matter of who's gonna get the volume on a week-to-week basis yeah this is a question i'm actually curious to hear from you um this is tough because i think i think everybody is in agreement that juju is probably leaving this offseason right pittsburgh just doesn't have the salary cap to pay him so he's probably leaving let's say the new york jets That, that feels like a right spot for him right uh, I, I see, I see Juju leaving. So now it comes down to Deontay and Claypool. Claypool has the touchdowns this year. He's on pace for 16, uh, on pace for 900 total yards though, which seems kind of weird with that touchdown ceiling. Yeah. But I actually think it's Deontay Johnson. We've seen this season, uh, whenever he's played 50 or more snaps, he's the wide receiver one in the, this offense. He's averaging over, you know, 10 targets per game. Uh, we saw last week against Cincinnati, him get, you know, get some red zone targets. Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw to the guys that get open quickly. He trusts those type of players. He might not have the touchdown ceiling of a clay pool, but I think the yards, uh, the targets, the receptions all favor Deontay Johnson. And that's where I'm heading. I think I would go at Claypool just for that pure upside, you know, that that you're kind of speaking of with the touchdowns. I mean, the fact this guy has done so much already this early in his career, absolutely uh, wild. And, you know, when they drafted him, it's been an organization that, I mean, how many wide receivers have the Steelers hit on over the past decade? It's been wild. But the only wide receivers since 2000 that the Steelers have spent higher draft capital on than Chase Claypool. Plaxico Burris and Santonio Holmes. So it's not like he's come out of absolutely nowhere. You know, we heard the reports all training camp about this guy blowing up. But to your point, Deontay Johnson, man, he does all those things underneath. But then we got that clip last week of him toasting William Jackson on a nice little stutter step go, you know, 40 yards down the field. So I think maybe we could be looking at a situation where, you know, I, I agree with you. I think Juju is probably, you know, playing somewhere else in 2021 and beyond. Maybe in 2021 and beyond in Pittsburgh, we get Claypool and Deontay Johnson being, you know, know borderline fancy wide receiver ones at least for a few years because i think both guys have the talent to do so we just need a little more concentrated target share here moving forward yeah Uh, i was gonna say really quickly if you're if you're taking claypool you're betting on the upside right because he's got the the better athleticism and the better size um again you're also looking long term here because how long is ben roethlisberger going to be around like if if we get a new quarterback there it's probably more likely that they're going to want to throw to this absolute freak on the outside (laughs) rather than you know a less than stellar athlete in Deontay Johnson, who is also small and is inconsistent and drops a bunch of passes. But for this year and maybe 2021, I think I like Johnson just because of that connection with Roethlisberger. Can we agree the Mapletron nickname is awful? Like, can we we stop that? (laughs) 
we'll come up with something better, but that was bad. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right. Sticking in the AFC North. So Lamar Jackson, this Ravens offense has looked borderline broken in recent weeks. We got reports coming out with Lamar saying that defenses know what they're running. You know, now we got Nick Boyle getting hurt. So maybe we got to see more wide receivers out there. Uh, PFF's own Mike Renner uh, wrote a good piece on PFF that you all should check out talking about, you know, the issues with this Ravens offense. But anyway, despite this, we've still seen Lamar function as a near every week QB one, thanks to his ever absurd rushing floor. Just not the same game breaking performance we saw in 2019. How confident are you in the Ravens ability to turn the ship around on offense in 2020 and beyond? I'm not all that confident in 2020, just because they've had so many injuries, you know, on the offensive line uh, with Boyle, who basically serves as an extra offensive lineman. Uh, no Ronnie Stanley, no Tyree Phillips. They lost Marshall Yonda in the offseason, you know, due to retirement. And I think that had a bigger effect on this team than what anybody's mentioning. So to lose three of your, you know, top five offensive linemen halfway through the season, you're just not going to get those guys back by the end of the year. Uh, there's just not that much depth in the NFL at offensive line. Um, so I think this is going to be a, a long-term process. I, I do believe in 2021, 2022, once the Ravens invest some more assets into the wide receiver core, into the offensive line, maybe once Greg Roman takes a step back and makes some adjustments here, I think they'll be okay. I also think there's a little bit of an injury thing going on here. Remember, Lamar Jackson got hurt, banged up his knee a few weeks ago, uh, missed a lot of practice. And then from that point on, we really haven't seen all that efficient of a passer. Even his rushing has dropped in the last couple of weeks as well. His efficiency. I, I just don't know. I, I don't feel all that confident that it gets fixed this season, but I do believe in the talent. I do believe in that organization. They'll eventually figure it out. Uh, they'll, they'll find ways to make that passing offense more efficient. Uh, I'm just not so sold that they're going to be, they're going to be fixed this year. Yeah, no, it's we haven't seen much on film, you know, and just about their games to indicate that a turnaround is on the way. Maybe the schedule, because it is lightening up. We got the Titans, unfortunate matchup against the Steelers, and then through Fantasy uh, Championship Sunday, Cowboys, Browns, Jaguars, Giants. So maybe they can't get it going. But to your point, I don't think there's we've really seen much uh, to indicate that will be the case. But man, with this offense, can we just get Lamar a legit wide receiver one? No offense to Hollywood Brown. Like, the guy is fine. But you look at, you know, Josh Allen getting a freaking Stephon digs mm -hmm. at it you look at the browns giving baker obj and you look at you know just kyler getting deandre hopkins like we see again and again a quarterback you know they lose a number one wide receiver and their efficiency falls off because we want to have number one wide receivers for great quarterbacks i mean we, we heard the rumors with ab going to baltimore that kind of made so much sense it seems like in the 2021 offseason wide receiver and just pass catcher in general far and away has to be the ravens number one priority yeah, and I guess the question for me is, what type of receiver would fit well with Lamar Jackson? Is it the guy that can stretch the field? Because I actually don't think it's the Hollywood Brown type, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that it is that. I think it's more likely to be the Stephon Diggs, the guys that get open really quickly. Even, again, this guy's not a wide receiver one, but he's one of my favorites in football. A Cole Beasley type in this offense that can just win against man coverage anytime is somebody that they need. I, I'm, I'm kind of done with Willie Sneed, even though, He's been productive over the last couple of weeks. I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts, Ian? Who, what type of receiver would you like to see Lamar get? 
I think he nailed it. And honestly, I think in today's NFL, we want that separation guy more times than not. And this is coming as someone that loves himself, some Auden Tate and receivers like that, you know, that that jump ball 50-50, just more physical guy. That's great. But, you know, I think we saw those Carolina Panthers teams in the mid-2010s, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches. Let's try to help our not-so-accurate quarterback by getting these bigger guys that are kind of always open. But I think we've seen that is not really the best way to do it. We want someone that the quarterbacks can see get open. Someone like, a, you know, and I, we shouldn't even say someone like Stefan Diggs because there's so few receivers in the league sure, that are sure. as good as him. But yes, to your point, someone that can create underneath intermediate areas of the field more so than downfield, because I think those those type of throws, you know, down the sideline deep, the stuff that Marquise Brown, you know, Michael Gallup, all these different guys live on that we see the more volatile, you know, up and down production. I think that's just kind of a life of throwing those types of, uh, you know, passes to begin with. So what about a big slot? What if they got somebody like a Juju Smith-Schuster that could, you know, make some of the contested catches in the middle of the field and make plays after the catch would would that make some sense let's do it man sounds good to me and let's just get some more speed out there because i think sure. uh you know with their you know th- them losing those three offensive linemen like you said and now Boyle, who essentially is another one i mean you take away you take that away and that takes away kind of their power run identity so they need to change something you got duvernay out there he's showing a little bit of a spark miles boykin when they have used them has done something let's start going three or four wide receivers and let's just get some overall speed out there man the season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding so head over to DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app with so many storylines in both professional and collegiate sports this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer if you haven't tried the app yet head to the app store now because you do not want to miss this people to celebrate Sunday's action DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100 that's right you bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting additionally this weekend there is plenty of action to get on so head to the app now to start making it rain on top of those great sign-up offers DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right, you bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code PFF during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So, yeah, but I do do like that Juju call. That's going to be interesting where he ends up because I really think, you know, you mentioned Lamar being banged up. Juju is another guy that I just don't think – by and large, we've seen a healthy version of over the past few years. Football is more fun with a healthy Juju Smith-Schuster. So hopefully he heals up in the future. Moving on to some running back stuff. So DeAndre Swift looked absolutely spectacular last week, man. Oh, my goodness. And he actually gained full control of the backfield in terms of snaps in the game that featured plenty of positive game scripts. So what are your general thoughts on Swift's ceiling in 2020 and beyond? I mean, do you think he has what it takes, you know, with this sort of every down role to pretty much emerge as a top five fantasy option at the, at the position? Well, let me, let me do it like this, Ian. These are the running backs in Dynasty that I would prefer over DeAndre Swift from now on. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and that's it stops, Ooh. right? Because you look at the rest of those guys, they all have significant problems, right? Ezekiel Elliott is trending towards being washed, right? Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is in an offense that is kind of broken right now. Jonathan Taylor is really struggling. Josh Jacobs is a, a week-to-week play. 
Joe Mixon can't stay healthy. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is kind of being a bust right now in Kansas City a little bit. So you just go down the line and it's like there's just not that many guys that have, you know, this kind of athleticism that are in an offense that are going to feed him 20 plus touches a game uh, that can get this kind of floor in the passing game. I love me some DeAndre Swift. I thought what we saw last week against Washington was fantastic. I think as he becomes more comfortable in that offense and as they scheme him up more touches, he's going to be an absolute superstar. This is why so many people absolutely loved him coming out of Georgia, right? I think for the longest time, we thought he was going to be maybe the first running back drafted in the class. He goes to Detroit and we all forget about him for whatever reason. (laughs) He gets hurt and then his dynasty value just plummets. He drops that pass in week one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm completely back, Ian. I, I think we're. I think DeAndre Swift is going to become a star. I was just worried about what he could do this year because it never made sense for them to bring in Adrian Peterson in early September and to give him the sort of role that they ended up giving him. But here we are. And like I said, I mean, we've seen Swift have higher snap counts and higher, you know, touch games before, but those were always coming just in negative games. He is their pass down back. He is the guy out there. But for them to really lean on him this way, that's fantastic. We saw them try to do it with Carryon Johnson over the past two years. Guy just couldn't stay healthy. And listen to Carryon himself. He told us in August that Swift just moves in the different way that not even he can kind of replicate or learn from so carry on man stick up for yourself a little bit you know have that confidence but yeah man with DeAndre you know yeah I haven't gone through and made the dynasty rankings quite like yourself but I do struggle to find five six guys we want more moving forward he seems like the perfect kind of modern day running back man that can just thrive in almost any offense and he's so good as a pass catcher and you know what Matthew Stafford maybe he's not this top five quarterback that we've hoped we're gonna be but not a bad guy to be attached to for the next five six years no, and if we've learned anything about Matthew Stafford over the last decade is that he just funnels targets to the running backs, right? And if he gets a competent guy that he can trust, uh, that guy could potentially get 100 targets in a season. So I love DeAndre Swift going forward. I think if they start to use him more in the red zone, you know, on the goal line, uh, there's really no reason why he can't jump up to be number three, number two dynasty running back. He just has that type of ceiling. Ceiling is the roof for sure. All right, another running back that – unfortunately has a chance for triple digit targets uh, some years that is JD McKissick who haunts my dreams at this point as a uh, you know long time dating all the way back to August Antonio Gibson uh, truther so look McKissick he's a perfectly fine scat back but the fact he leads the NFL not not running backs he leads the NFL in targets over the past two weeks and that is absolutely wild he's a great check down option I get it but you know why does this man have a full 14 additional targets in the slot and not wide next closest RB Come on, man. This is Antonio Gibson truther right here is tilted. Do you see McKissick ever getting relegated to the bench in 2020? Or dare I say, because I was looking at over the cap yesterday. I mean, they have him signed in the 2021. Like, is this going to be Antonio Gibson season at least in 2021? Or are we going to be having the same conversation next year, Marcus? Yeah, I think this is good news for Antonio Gibson. I know it's rough watching J.D. McKissick gobble up all those targets right now, but uh, we've we've heard the the Washington coaches say over the last couple of weeks that Gibson needs to improve as a pass blocker and then he'll get more opportunities on passing downs. I think eventually they're going to get there. Now, what we are seeing is that this offense is just going to funnel, absolutely funnel targets to the running backs. Uh, I, I'm not sure who the quarterback is going to be next year. I don't think anybody really knows. Uh, but this offense, they want to give the ball to their playmakers. And I think I think there's a chance that 2021 – that Gibson does see, you know, 50 to to 60 receptions. I mean, my goodness, you see what McKissick is doing over the last, you know, seven games. He has 26 targets, uh, or excuse me, uh, Gibson has 26 targets over the last seven games. So even in a 
even in a part-time role, he's getting yeah. fed in the passing game. Can you imagine what, what we'd be talking about for Antonio Gibson if he gets 75, 80 targets in a season? Uh, I, I think there's actually legit RB1 potential here. We have to remember, though, Gibson was a guy that was really a wide receiver at Memphis, uh, still learning the position. I know a lot of people were hoping that he would turn into this superstar running back in year one. It's going to take him a while, but I think the signs are there for us to be really excited about his future. Yeah, and it's also been surprising to me that this has been the issue. I would have thought that, you know, a Peyton Barber or a Bryce Love type that's getting more of the early down work, has more experience, you know, just being a true running back in NFL offense. I thought that would be the type of talent keeping Gibson off the field. So, you know, Gibson, what was it, 70 touches or something he had like in college? Like, we always knew this would be more of a projection than usual. How did you kind of treat that coming out of the process? I mean, was Gibson someone that you were just staying away from because we didn't have enough info or were they kind of just, you know, sky-high athletic kind of intangible? is too much for you to ignore yeah I think I liked Gibson late third early fourth round when you're just kind of gambling on talent because what we saw when he had the ball in his hands was spectacular his game against SMU last year was one of the best college games I've ever seen winning in you know the kick return game uh, out of the backfield in the receiving game out wide as a receiver I just thought he was absolutely fantastic now I knew there was going to be a little bit of a transition period and maybe it's a little steeper than I initially thought uh, but again, you can see the flashes, and I'm sure Washington fans and, and Gibson Dynasty owners can see them as well. Uh, the upside is just enormous. And I think with the right offense, with the right quarterback, uh, it's going to be all systems go fairly soon. Just got to get through this, this rookie season. I, I anticipate him making a big leap in 2021. Again, remember, yeah. this is a weird offseason for rookies. You know, they didn't have mini camps, uh, we didn't have a preseason. And typically, a guy like Gibson probably would have got a ton of work in the preseason, especially on pass protection and, you know, and out of the receiving game for him to be as valuable as he is considering the change in position and this weird year. It's certainly encouraging. It's frustrating because, you know, he could have that Christian McCaffrey every down role. His current role has really still been fine. It's just, you know, we're getting probably a little too greedy thinking about what it could be. If like you were saying, if he did have 70, 80% of those targets. Well, remember Christian McCaffrey, even as a rookie struggled, right? They didn't have him out on the field all that much. Only had 117 carries uh, in his first season. So they really limited him as well. And then in his second year, uh, it was blast off. So maybe we'll get a, a similar type of progression there from Gibson. Believe it or not, people, these 21, 22-year-olds, they can get better. They can get better Absolutely. after a year or two uh, in the NFL system. Not the wildest thing ever. So uh, week, we're in week 11 now, and this has been a funky uh, last few weeks on the waiver wire. I mean, some of the top running backs out there, Salvin Ahmed, Kalen Balaj, Mike Davis, and, of course, my guy Duke Johnson. Uh, suddenly, you know, they've been thrust into uh, really featured roles out there, mostly functioning as clear backups beforehand. So do you feel particularly strong one way or another about the general talent level of any of these backups that I just mentioned, their ability to make the most? out of this newfound usage and that was Salvin Ahmed, Kalen Balaj, Mike Davis, Duke Johnson. You can't see it right now on my screen. Uh, we're doing this through a Zoom call, but I actually have a Duke Johnson jersey right next to me. So, oh my I, guy, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a Miami Duke Johnson jersey. So, I, I'm a little biased here, but I think when you're when you're going through these guys, Balaj, Mike Davis, I mean they're all they're all kind of the same, right? They're all just the you don't feel great about the talent level of any of them. <laughs> But what you really do is you're, you're, you're picking the situation here. Which team do you have the most confidence is going to feed their running backs? Uh, it's going to put them in situations where they can be functional and have, will have scoring chances. And for me, the answer is probably Kalen Balaj. 
maybe. I, I mean, that Chargers offense is just a lot of fun right now. Herbert's really moving the ball. Uh, I don't love any of the other options right now. Austin Eckler's going to be out for a while. Uh, we'll see about Justin Jackson. At least Kalen Balash can kind of do some stuff, you know, out of the backfield, and he's not the worst goal line running back. I, I don't know, man. I just none of them are great, but this is a weird season. You gotta you gotta find RB twos wherever you can find them. Absolutely, man. You know, uh, Balage was the guy that, you know, on, on our waiver wire pod this week, I did say he's probably is the one you want to have because he just seems to have the best chance of being the feature back for at least uh, not even this week, but uh, next week as well. So Duke should be that guy as well. I think most people probably already scooped him up uh, last week, but we got to believe, man, it was one week. I'm not, I'm not getting off my Duke three down RB train after one week. They use all time leading rusher can have an okay game in a freaking monsoon and we can go back uh, to the well with them. How do you like in general with these kind of, backup running backs like are you willing to kind of just bet on talent in a situation where maybe they can get freed later or generally with running backs is it like you know do you just play the percentages of a guy you know hey if, if they can't figure it out in the first team probably not going to work out yeah unfortunately if they don't do it right away there's very few examples of a running back leading yeah. and then becoming a workhorse or an rb1 we just we really haven't seen it all that often unless it's a special circumstance even a guy like kareem hunt right you know he was an RB one in Kansas city gets cut and now he's in a part-time role. He's highly efficient, but he's probably never going to get a starting job again. So yeah, yeah I, I'm just using these guys to stream to get through the season. If I'm a dynasty owner and I own any of these guys and someone's willing to flip me a pick for him, I'm doing it. I, I'm not trading for any of these guys, even if I need them to get through a season, I'm just not giving up any assets to go get, uh, a Kalen Balash. Neither should yeah. NFL teams. Yeah. <laughs> little tip. Don't give up any picks for Kalen Balash. Yeah, I remember doing a study before the year looking at just what years of a player's career they kind of peaked at each position in terms of fantasy and running back, you know, pretty much years one through three, maybe four. Wide receivers, we got the rookie contract and a little bump, you know, year five, year six as well. But truly, you know, we talk about football being a young man's game. That's true, but particularly running back is the young man's game. Uh, okay, question here seven. Thank you all for listening to PS fantasy football podcast as always but I want to talk about drew lock and this broncos offense particularly with jerry judy because you know this has been a guy that in my opinion has looked like the single best route runner from this loaded 2020 wide receiver class we've had some solid performances over the past few weeks but it sure seems like we've only scratched the surface on what judy can provide how great do you think the broncos rookie wide receiver can be down the stretch in 2020 and beyond and how would you kind of put him in just the rankings of the 2020 wide receiver class yeah, so if you watched last week's game against the Raiders, uh, you'll see that Jerry Judy's stat line was not great. Uh, it was, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't anything that you know you're going to write home about or you're going to brag about on Twitter. But if you really study that game, that could have easily been a 200 yard game for Jerry Judy. I Open mean, he was game. toasting Trayvon Mullen, who's a pretty good cornerback, and the Raiders had no answer. They were they were just so lucky that Drew Locke was a quarterback there because otherwise. <laughs> they could have lost that game. And I think the Broncos are going to have a really interesting decision this offseason. They've got to get better at quarterback. I'm not a Drew Locke guy. I don't know, Ian, if you are. But they, they've got to get better at that position. And I think Jerry Judy is an absolute star. Now, where do you rank him in terms of dynasty rankings? It's tough because there's so much uncertainty around the quarterback. And when we're ranking these receivers, a lot of times – we're pairing them to the, the quarterback that we're playing with. And that's why somebody like a Devontae Adams is so high in our rankings. He's number one uh, in, in my dynasty rankings. A DK Metcalf is at number two because he's playing with Russell Wilson. 
I don't know what the solution is in Denver. I don't trust that John Elway is going to be able to find a quarterback. Uh, he really hasn't proven that he can outside of that one year with uh, or two years with Peyton Manning. So I, I'm probably a little bit lower on Jerry Judy than most. He's my number 24 receiver right now in, in dynasty. But if you can tell, if you told me a year from now, he's got a above average quarterback, he's probably inside the top 12. Yeah, it matters so much. And about Drew Locke, I like the idea of Drew Locke, I think, more than what Drew Locke has actually been in reality. The guy's fearless out there. I mean, I feel like every time he throws the ball, like he 100% believes it's going to find his intended receiver. But as we've seen over the past few weeks, that usually is not the case. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. It does matter so much with the quarterback. I was talking to uh, Field Yates on this pod last week, and it was like A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. And, you know, we were looking at that situation from, hey, neutral, no coaches, no quarterback involved because once you introduce the quarterbacks like yeah it absolutely matters and you know probably you know more and more with these wide receivers coming out and stuff you know you don't want to be a slave to draft capital or slave the landing spot as they like to say but man anytime we get this that elite russell wilson aaron Rodgers quarterback and we compare that with a rookie wide receiver that's got to matter almost more than talent at some point yeah i mean just let's imagine let's flip denzel mims and chase claypool for a second right imagine chase claypool getting thrown to by sam darnold and uh, Joe Flacco, does he have nine touchdowns at this point through the season? Absolutely not. So the situation does matter a ton and it should matter for your dynasty ranks too. If you don't trust a quarterback that's going to be delivering them the ball, I can't rank you as high as some of the other ones. Great points. Great point. All right. I want to talk about Colts wide receiver, Michael Pittman had a huge week 10, although, you know, to me watching the performance, the big play where everyone's saying Michael Pittman's could be a monster. He kind of caught like a 10 yard crosser where no one guarded him and he ran for 40 yards, but he had over a hundred yards, had a nice reverse in there as well. He looks, you know, big, fast, strong. You can, you can see the physical tools of why they drafted this dude in the first round. But with that said, I mean, you know, we're just talking about wanting to pair guys in the good offenses and quarterbacks. Colts, we've had that game, and Marcus Johnson went over 100 yards once. Those are the only two times all year that a wide receiver in Indianapolis has cleared even 75 receiving yards. So am I underrating the potential for Pittman to kind of emerge as a bona fide stud as early as 2020, or is this Colts offense just a situation where we should probably be staying away from in terms of the wide receivers? Yeah, I think Michael Pittman is going to be a player that has better NFL value than fantasy okay. value because he's a you know a big-body guy that can block on the outside, incredibly tough. I think – whatever quarterback he has over the next couple of years is really going to trust him on third down because, you know, he's got some really strong hands. I just don't know if that's necessarily going to translate into fantasy value because he doesn't have a lot of long speed. So he's probably not going to be creating the big plays. I think he's okay after the catch, but he's not fantastic. He's going to need to be on a team that, you know, just feeds him targets where he's just, you know, he's getting eight for a hundred every single week. I don't see that being the Colts considering how they want to play football. It seems like they want to be a, you know, ball control, heavy run type of team under Frank Wright. I like Michael Pittman, probably not somebody that I'm searching out to try to get in, in, in dynasty. And again, I don't trust Phillip rivers at all. Uh, so I'm probably out on, on Pittman for the rest of this season. Although there probably will be the occasional big game here or there. Uh, but it's important to remember before week 10, uh, he had just one game over 40 yards before that. And I know he was hurt, but just not a big part of the offense. Uh, I, I'm not looking for him to become a, a relevant fantasy player over the next five or six weeks. 
you can even go back like a half decade at this point. And Keenan Allen is the only wide receiver that Rivers has really consistently enabled the high-end fantasy production. So, yeah, it's just too tough to really expect, uh, you know, Pittman or anyone else in Indy for that matter uh, to provide us with that consistent high-level production. A uh, quick shout-out to our sponsor before we get to these next two questions. Uh, Monkey Knife Fight, all first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least 20 bucks in their account while using promo code PFF or receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's a $40 value for just $20, and you'll get the opportunity to turn down $20 and even more money playing daily fantasy and prop games at one of the fastest growing fantasy sports sites in the USA and Monkey Knife Fight. So go to Monkey Knife Fight, deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today to receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. All right, Marcus, we, we, I asked you about running backs and kind of them going on to future teams. And, you know, you, I think you're correct in saying that we just don't really see backup running backs go elsewhere and have a bunch of success. I want to talk about that with wide receivers, though, because we have seen maybe not pure backups, but Brashad Perryman has reinvented his career in different stops. Robbie Anderson, you know, escaped the Adam Gase shackles and has been absolutely balling ever since. And I want to talk about my guy, Auden Tate, the Bengals leader in yards per route run. Haters say he can't separate. I don't know what they call A.J. Green at, at, at that point. <laughs> but, you know, firstly, do you have any thoughts on Tate specifically? And then more generally, uh, you know, how do you kind of approach these wide receivers as maybe someone to buy low on in a bad situation in hopes that they could improve elsewhere yeah first of all uh Auden Tate should be playing over AJ Green I, I don't yes. know how much of that Steeler game you got to watch but it's sad AJ Green's completely washed uh, he played 83 percent of the snaps uh didn't catch a single pass was dropping balls all over the place just can't get open they they try to turn him into like this intermittent or intermediate you know guy in the middle of the field trying to make some contested catches and he's just he's not interested so it's over for AJ Green now Auden Tate is interesting because what I saw at the end of the, the 2019 season was fantastic. I mean, he would make one or two just incredible grabs every single week. So uh, I, I'm, I'm an Auden Tate guy, but can you play T Higgins and Auden Tate, two guys that run, you know, probably in the four sixes on the outside? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think Joe Burrow is really good. And I think he can find ways to get those guys the football. Um, so it's just something to, to keep in mind, but as of, you know, buying low on some of these guys that are changing teams, it really depends on where they're going, right? If, if, it's, if it's a guy like Prashad Perryman that's going to a team with competent quarterback play, uh, like he did with Tampa Bay for a while, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but you, it, it's the, the fit, again, and this is really going to be the theme of this podcast, what quarterback you're tying yourself to makes so, it is so important. If you go to a team just because you want a bunch of targets and you don't care about the quality of those targets, it's probably in the long term these guys are probably not going to work out. So you want to go to a team with you know quality quarterback play with consistent targets, consistent accuracy, uh, and I would really say it's a case by case basis. That's fair. And, you know, if we want to look, if we want to stay in fairy tale uh, land for a second, Packers offense, like that's the place we've been looking at for really the past two off seasons. Like, Hey, let's add, you know, our favorite backup wide receiver to green Bay, let them be Aaron Rodgers guy. Do you have like, you know, just a, you know, special pet wide receiver that if you could take, you know, your favorite wide receiver prospect and make them the Packers number two wide receiver, who would it be in a best case scenario? Ooh, that's a really good one. I think the, I mean, a lot of people are going to say Will Fuller and, the, and that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, I, I, I would, I guess it would be probably Anthony Miller, right? Nice. I, I really liked Anthony Miller coming out of Memphis. He went to probably the worst possible situation in <laughs> Chicago. I mean, my goodness, he was open all day, uh, you know, against uh, who I forget who Vikings. They played off the Vikings. He was yeah. open all day against the Vikings. Um, but 
Nick Foles is just not it. Uh, yeah, you put him in that offense. You let him play in the slot. You let him play on the outside. You know, he's feasting against the number two, number three receiver or cornerbacks on opposing defenses. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I love that call. Everything Miller has put on film has been fantastic. I was watching, I think it was their Rams primetime game a couple of weeks ago. And they mentioned on the broadcast where it was like, oh, Anthony Miller was nominated by his teammates as most likely to be late to practice. And I was like, oh, starting <sighs> all that sporadic usage starting to make a little bit <sighs> more sense, unfortunately. So, but yes, yeah, hey, I, I, I like Mooney, though. Not bad too. Another guy that I wish could get out of Chicago. He's only been there for what, 10 weeks now, but I wish you, I'm already counting down the days until he's a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> too funny man all right last question for you marcus thank you for the time as always man so gonna get real loopy on this one so aliens invade the planet and force us to defend the human race by playing a game of 11 on 11 football patrick mahomes he's sick and unavailable you ask how sick he's unavailable out of the question so who do you want at qb with the survival of humanity on the line in a game that would take place today you know looking at the obvious final obvious finalists aaron Rodgers, russell wilson tom brady kyla murray deshaun watson if you got someone else that's fine but who are you picking? So this is a, a difficult question because you, you're going to want somebody who, you know, is irrationally confident that they can, they can beat just the, you know, the, the monsters or whatever, right? Uh, Kyler Murray's probably too small. Deshaun Watson can't overcome a bad offensive line. Russell Wilson's pretty tiny. Tom Brady can't really move. So I, I'm going with the outside the box answer. I want somebody that believes they're the best quarterback, you know, on the field any single time they play. Uh, a guy that just has a, a big arm that's not afraid to chuck it down the field. I want Jameis. I, I want Jameis as my quarterback because he's not going to be afraid of anybody. I mean, he might not be, might not be able to see the aliens considering how bad his eyes are, but I want Jameis out there uh, for nothing else for, for entertainment purposes because he'll, he'd make it more fun. That is absolutely fantastic. I've not gotten that answer with this question before. You want someone that's not going to blank when we got two aliens uh, running down them in the pocket. No, no, no. no. It is Jameis Winston. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic, man. All right, that is going to do it, everybody. Thank you, as always, for listening to PFF Fantasy Football po- Podcast. I'm Marcus, we can find you on Twitter, at Marcus underscore Mosier. What you got coming up, man, and where else can the people find you? Yeah, busy week. Uh, we got a podcast coming out on the game day talking about our favorite picks this week. Lots of stuff on Sportsbook Wire. All my picks are at bookies.com. And then always Raider coverage at the Raiders Wire. Awesome stuff, man. Everyone, make sure you follow Marcus. Always providing great stuff for the Raiders, for the Cowboys, and particularly on in Dynasty Land. Truly, you know, I think in all walks of life, you know, approaching things with a long-term view, probably in your better interest, and particularly in fantasy football, always good to take a break and do that as well. So he's Marcus. I'm Ian. Thank you, as always, for listening to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody. 